and welcome to the Fleet Geeks podcast. We're here to help develop fleet and transport professionals. Do you want to progress and develop your skills and knowledge? We promise to bring lively conversation and debate around interesting issues and keep you bang up to date with changes in our awesome industry. The Fleet Geeks are a community of professionals and if you enjoy the podcast, why not join the discussion for free in the Fleet Geek community over on Facebook? There we go. So the red light is rolling, and um, welcome to another edition of Fleet Geeks. Fleet Geek, because I'm on my own again. Um, I don't know. I, I, I keep meaning, believe it or not, we don't catalog Fleet Geeks, and we need to catalog it to. to but I, I'm pretty certain we're on uh, episode. We're in the sixties now, anyway. Uh, not, not. I'm not sixty, by the way. Not yet. Uh, but we are in the 60s in terms of uh, numbers of podcasts. So um, it's inevitable that we're going to probably come across or go, to, to, you know, do have and come across, get me words out, uh, we're going to come across um, subjects that we've already covered. Um, we might want to cover them again or in a slightly different way. So apologise if we've done this one before. But the subject, it's only going to be a quickie, this one. Um, the subject um, for today's podcast um, is, is is rather the exciting title of hire and reward. Um, and the reason why I wanted to bring this up in a podcast is, as as you know, regular listeners and viewers, um, my day job is uh, generally find me teaching transport manager um, certificate of professional competence. So um, that's kind of what I do. Um, one of the things that people struggle sometimes to get their heads around uh, is uh, is when we talk about operator licensing, we talk about operator licensing and we talk about scope of operator licensing. Um, so what we t- what what, the, what we mean by scope of operator licensing is um, if I'm operating a goods vehicle, when does it become in scope? When would I need to consider consider well, I must have an operator's license um, and also on top of that is even if we've decided that that vehicle comes in scope of operator's licensing uh, could can we claim um, an exemption is there an opportunity there for us to say well okay the vehicle uh, meets that criteria of, of, uh, of being in scope of operator's licensing uh, however, we believe that the, the the job we do with it, the operation that we do with that vehicle could indeed, uh, or the vehicle itself indeed, could be exempt from operator licensing. Um, and then we look at the type of operator licensing, so uh, or the type of operator's license. So we've got three types of operator's license in the UK. Uh, we've got the standard, we've got the restricted license, we've got the standard national, and we've got the standard international. So once we've, we've decided that our operation, our vehicle and our operation um, is in scope of operators licensing, uh, then we decide which operators license must we must we apply for based on what we're going to be doing with that um, operators license. Now, in terms of operator licensing, we, we're either going to need an operator's license or we're exempt if we've reached that certain threshold. So that threshold is, is, is 3,500 kilos or three and a half tonnes. If our vehicle or combination, if we've got a vehicle and a trailer, uh, if that combination is in excess of 3,500 kilos, three and a half tonnes gross vehicle weight, um, then we are going to be in scope of operator licensing. It is at that point that we decide, one, can we claim an exemption? 
from operators licensing. Uh, number two, um, what type of operators license is required? So type of operators license, as I say, restricted, standard national, standard international. If we are moving goods that are our goods or goods that we bought to sell onto a customer or goods that we've, you know, we process it in some way, shape or form to move on to our customer. So if we're moving goods from A to B and there is no third party to that chain, there is no number, there is no C paying us, uh, then that is what we call moving goods on our own account. If we move somebody else's goods, on the other hand, if we're moving goods that are somebody else's, then that we're moving those um, goods and we're going to need, so in, 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 that, in that sort of scenario, we've got goods moving from A to B. This time we've got C, who's paying us to move those goods from A to B. So that would, uh, would fall under the, um, the banner of hire and reward. So own account, we're moving our own goods, goods that we've bought to sell on, goods that we've manufactured to sell to our customers or to deliver to our customers, or goods that we're processing. Hi, it's Pete from Flagship Partners. We're really proud to sponsor the Fleet Geeks podcast. Flagship Partners offer a range of consultancy and training services to ensure that our customers remain compliant and have the best possible knowledge to be able to fulfill their work. If you're interested in support with any of our safety, HR or compliance services, or you want to train to be a transport manager or need driver CPC training, give us a call today. Uh, and sometimes this is, a, this is a bit of a contentious one. People um, tend to erroneously think that it's to do with the title of the goods, who owns the goods. It isn't. Um, if, you're, uh, if those goods are being carried in connection with your trade or business, it doesn't really matter who actually owns the goods at that point in time. Um, it's, it's more to do with the purpose of that journey, purpose of that journey while you're delivering those goods. So, um, so why am I mentioning this in terms of hiring? What, what's, where, where are we getting to on this? We also have to think about driver's hours. So um, for that, we have another scope. So we've dealt with operator licensing. Now we're going to look at the scope of driver's hours. And again, we apply that same principle. If the vehicle or the combination is over 3,500 um, kilograms, uh, then we can, uh, that, then that, that vehicle will be in scope of uh driver's hours rules. Now, in particular, um, by default, if you like, uh, we they, they come within the scope of EU driver's hours rules. However, however, now we may look at our operation and we, we may decide that we can claim what is called an exemption or a derogation from those, from the necessity to follow the EU driver's hours rules, you know, fit a tachograph and all the rest of it. So, um, Exemptions, if you're exempt or your operation is exempt, the type of work you're doing, you know, is exempt from uh, EU driver's hours rules, then it's exempt across the whole of the EU. The exemption applies to the whole of the EU. Re remember, we're still following uh, EU driver's hours rules. Um, so the exemption uh, would be across the whole of the EU. There is something also called national derogations. So each member state country uh, derogates or says that this particular activity we don't want to come in scope of EU driver's hours rules and for whatever reason that might be it's usually connected 
with the way I look at it, it's the usually connected with the supply of a utility type operation. So, for example, door to door, door to door household refuse collection um, journeys in connection with the maintenance and maintenance, not the building of, but the maintenance of roads, the maintenance of a water supply. Uh, sewage, gas, electricity, that type of thing. So if your operation is concerned with those kind of things, then you can claim, or you may be able to claim the national, the derogation, which is a national derogation um, from, from following and complying with EU driver's hours rules. Right, so let's marry the two up together now. This is where the confusion lies. Lots of people believe, you know, you, you kind of, it's tempting to believe that if you're not required to have an operator's license, then you won't be required to follow EU driver's house rules. And that, that isn't the case. Let's look at a classic, let's look at a classic exemption from operator licensing. Uh, and that's a dual purpose vehicle, a vehicle that's built to carry goods and people. Um, there's more to it than meets the eye. You if you're gonna claim that derogation, let's say for example, because you're running a Ford Ranger or a Mitsubishi L200, uh, some, something like that. There's more to it than meets the eye because you've got to make sure that that vehicle does does conform to be uh, to the description of a dual purpose vehicle. So gen generally speaking, row of seats behind the driver's seat, less than 2,000, 2,040 kilograms uh, in weight. So to, you've got to look into it a little bit carefully. You can't just go, oh, well, I've got a, I've got a dual purpose vehicle. It's going to be exempt. Um, so if that vehicle's pulling a truck, so on its own, that vehicle wouldn't, wouldn't uh, come into it no matter what. But if that vehicle is pulling a trailer, making the combination now over 3,500 kilos, then that is, is, is still outside of the scope of operator licensing because it's a dual purpose vehicle. Um, now, lots of that, that particular combination, that if it was being used for hire and reward, would require a tachograph and the adherence to EU driver's hours rules. But that's where a lot of people get the two sort of mixed up. Hire and reward does not feature in operator licensing. Hire and reward features in driver's hours rules. So just don't get the two mixed up. There is, there is a, a subtle difference between the two. So operator licensing and driver's hours rules, two scopes that may seem similar they're not similar but they may seem similar and higher reward and own account only exist in terms of your operator licensing they don't exist in terms of your in terms of your driver's hours that makes sense i didn't say that the other way around a minute ago so yeah just to reiterate in case i did uh, not a very good memory there's not two of us to to remember so higher and reward only exists only exists in operator licensing. It doesn't exist in, in, in driver's hours rules. Okay, I just thought I'd do a quick one on that. Um, some people do get uh, to get them, those two uh, mixed up sometimes. And uh, we start talking about uh, EU driver's hours rules and people start talking about high reward. And it doesn't really feature for that. It's to do with operator's licensing. Um, but certain derogations from EU driver's hours rules um, can kind of can sometimes mean that it, it it kind of feels like the same thing, but it isn't. Anyway, that's me over and out for now. And see you on the next one. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please share with your friends and colleagues too. Join us for free on Facebook with the Fleet Geeks community for transport and fleet managers. Fleet Geeks offers ongoing professional development, networking and mentoring too. So get in touch with me, Pete Rushmer, on any social media platform to find out more.